And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Monday. Casey Jisclair here with Coach Brian Colley. Hope everybody is enjoying their start to the day. It's a brand new week, and oh my God, is it going to be a busy week for us, uh, but busy in a good way because we're going to have all sorts of um, sports and different things that we'll be bringing to you all during the course of the week. Partner, it is my understanding that you and I are making a road trip tomorrow. Um, we're going to be traveling with HL Bourgeois as they're going to be taking on Ruston in the second round of the Division One non-select state playoffs. Look forward to watching that one. Uh, look forward to not just watching, broadcasting that one tomorrow over on ESPN 100.3. We'll get all of the opening round local results from the boys in just a second. We've got a bunch of baseball results from over the weekend to get you to. But looking forward to making the road trip. Ruston, I'm told, is very, very good. They got a 28-point opening round win against Barb. But HL Bourgeois ain't no slouch either. That's going to be a very fun one tomorrow at 6 o'clock at Memorial Gym on Ruston High School's campus. Eight versus nine matchup. The winner moves on to the quarterfinals. Ruston's a, a very good basketball team. I watched some video last night. Uh, they got a big oh, six seven, whatever he is, big one. They got some guards who can shoot the ball. They 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 rely on pressure. They want to put pressure on you, and they want to shoot layups. And uh, in a half court set, Casey, they got some guys who can shoot it. You know, you know what's crazy and. Man, I kind of don't like this, right? I mean, it is what it is. It's the same for everybody. But Rustin was 3-7. and seven. Why were they 3-7? and seven? Because they didn't have their football kids back until December. They started early. So, like, in actuality, this is better than the number 8 seed. They just got off to such a damn bad start because they didn't have half their team. Since December the 18th, they have lost just twice, and they've won 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, and 2, since they got their football kids back. Yeah. So that's a little bit of a difference there. Um, big challenge for HL Bourgeois, but don't count out the Braves. They're actually leaving this afternoon, making the trip there. Going to get into the hotel, uh, do a little shoot around tomorrow, I believe, at Grambling. So they'll be ready to go, uh, but it is going to be a big challenge. And, and, and talking to a few coaches, they were saying that, and Coach Kiawet was one of them, where they believe Rustin is the favorite, pretty much yeah. the, the best team in the state. Yeah. And they lost a few games in the middle of the season because people were saying they got bored. Hey. Uh, so it's a very good basketball team. I'm sure Coach Cuyahoga has a good game plan going up there. Uh, and they got, like you mentioned, they're going up tonight. So they won't have a, a big bus ride tomorrow. Uh, we're going to be a little more tired than them. Yeah, it's okay. We don't have to run up and down the floor, yeah. fortunately. Um, we got Justin Payne at 12-15 today, the Nichols women's basketball coach. They got a big win on Saturday, senior day. Uh, shout out to Treya Bruce playing her uh, her final home game as a colonel. Nichols gets a win there. Leon Veal joins us at 12-30 to talk about. We don't want to forget about Vanderbilt. They're at home tomorrow against St. Michael. But now let's dive into it. All of our op- opening round, first round boys basketball matchups. East St. John, the 17th seed in Division I non-select, gets a 71-68 overtime win over Airline on the road. East St. John will now travel and take on number one Zachary tomorrow. HL Bourgeois, 67. Central Lafouche, 64. Can't wait to have Gage Griffin on a little later this week. I'm giving him a little time to catch his breath a little bit. Um, Bourgeois beat him, 67-64, to and, and we're super happy for Andrew and the crew. But, man, Gage and them have nothing to hang their heads about. I've never seen a team fight like Central Lafouche fought at times on Friday. You could see their senior leadership pouring through. They just came up a little bit short of the end. 
But man, what a what an effort from the Trojans. There's no reason to hang your heads there. Those kids played their asses off on Friday. Yeah, they did. And what a great high school basketball game. And you, you have to give Central credit. Look, they were down, I think it was 14 at half, maybe down somewhere was eight. I think it was eight points to start the fourth quarter. And at one point in the third quarter, they were down 17. And my goodness, they just came back and uh, man, they, they just they play so hard with passion, with emotion, and they hit some big shots. And they just they kept they did it. You know, you come back the right way a little bit at a time. It wasn't all in one burst. They kept chipping away, chipping away. You cut a big halftime lead down to start the fourth quarter, where it was manageable for you to come back and hit a couple of threes. Uh, look. Some luck went their way with Bourgeois having two guys out. Yep. But they took advantage of it and took a lead in the fourth quarter. Yep. <laughs> Three-point lead, yeah. Wow. And it, um, just a, a great high school basketball game. Two well-coached basketball teams. Uh, both teams left it out. Everything on the floor, and it's all you can ask for. Terrebonne goes on the road and gets a 59-50 to win over Santa Mont. Huge win for Brandon and his team. And Brandon told us on Saturday, hey, man, no disrespect to Denham Springs, but I watch them on film, and I don't see any reason why we can't beat them too. Terrebonne is a 20 seed, goes on the road, gets a win. Now they're trying to get greedy tomorrow. I wouldn't be surprised if we woke up Wednesday morning and saw Terrebonne in the quarterfinals. They're playing really well right now. They are, and uh, the way they attack, uh, full-court game, pressure, they uh, can shoot the basketball from the outside. If, if they can shoot the ball well from the outside, I, I, I like their chances again. Live Oak blows out Hanville, 69-45. to They punch a ticket forward. Hanville just, man, they just came undone at the end of the year. They lost their final four games of the regular season and then get blown out in the playoffs, so they end the year on a five-game losing skid. And frankly, they weren't all that competitive in most of the games. Division two non-select. We could tell you that we had, um, oh, here it is on the bracket. There we go. Bozier gets a 62-36 to win over Ellender in a 6-versus-27. For Cornell and his team, it was just about getting in and getting your feet wet and, you know, learning what, you know, to do and what not to do in the playoffs. They knew going in they probably weren't going to beat Bozier, but they got some experience. Lakeshore gets a 64-55 to win over Lutcher, so Lutcher fights hard but comes up short. And Lakeshore moves on in a 10 versus 23 matchup. Division three non-select. Boy, St. James fought, but they fall to Doyle 84 to 77 in a 9 versus 24 matchup. Doyle will now take on Donaldsonville from our local 3A district. Donaldsonville's the eighth seed. They got a 68 to 36 win over Avoyles in the opening round. Patterson survived a scare. The number 10 seed. They beat West St. Mary 40 to 39. At home, West St. Mary gives them a scare, but Patterson pulls it out. Patterson will be taking on Richwood tomorrow at 6 o'clock. We move now to Division Two Select. Oh, hit the wrong bracket. Division Two Select. We have E.D. White going on the road in Shreveport, getting a win over Evangel Christian, 47-44. to E.D. White is such an interesting case. They started off the season real strong. They were 8-2, and two, and they had a long midseason lull where they, bun- they lost a bunch of games. But they ended the season winning eight of their last nine and had some quality wins in that stretch, including a win on the road against Patterson and some wins against St. James. And they get into the postseason, go on the road, and get a win against Evangel. It's not about what you do necessarily all year. You just got to get in and give yourself a chance. And E.D. White is proof of that. They get the win. Now tomorrow they're taking on Lord Beaconfield's Landry. 
Um, another challenge for you, D. White, but don't count out don't count out a Jonathan Keefe coach team. They're going to be ready to roll. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> they and look, this team kept improving. Uh, had some bumps in the road, but stayed true to their to their program and what they believe in. Uh, just a great job by uh, Coach Keefe keeping his team together and getting into the playoffs. And once you in, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Vanderbilt's the number five seed in that bracket. They had an opening round by. They'll be taking on St. Michael tomorrow at home. St. Michael got a 51-47 to win over Frederick Douglass. So Vanderbilt and St. Michael tomorrow in Homa. Division three select. We had Homa Christian School fall to Thomas Jefferson 65-39 to in a 16 versus 17. Wraps up a, a, a really good season for Homa Christian School, but it was – I, they wanted to get that win. Uh, Thomas Jefferson moves on, and, and God bless him. They got to play Newman tomorrow at six o'clock. Uh, so that'll be very interesting to see how that goes. Division four select, kind of wrapping up some of the local results. A little bit of a surprise: Highland Baptist, who had gotten beat twice by Homa Christian, not Homa Christian, got beaten twice by Covenant Christian during the season. Um, gets revenge. They come on the road and get a fifty-two to forty-five win over CCA. I texted uh, Troy Jackson after that game. I said, bro, great season. Bright days are ahead. He replied back, yep, so much so looking forward to the future. This is just the baseline for CCA. They were the 12th seed this year. They're going to be in the top 10 next year, maybe even in the top five next year. They're just getting started. They've got a ton of talent ready to come into that program. They fall a little bit short against Highland Baptist. Um, Central Catholic of Morgan City had an opening round bye. As the number seven seed, they will take on Westminster Christian tomorrow at home. Westminster Christian defeated Northwood of Lena 63-36. I know that the Case brothers were actually at that Westminster Christian game as he was texting me scores from there. So they're going to have a good scout. And I'd be curious to see if Central Catholic could defend their home floor tomorrow and try to uh, punch that ticket into the quarterfinals. Yeah, the Case brothers, buddy, they do their job. They are always in a gym watching teams play from – Jamboree games throughout. They're, you're going to find them in a gym watching, and it could be teams that they may play uh, two or three weeks down the road, and, and they in there. So they do a tremendous job year in and year out, and looking forward to see them if they can make a run. Yeah, we'd love to see them potentially make the top 28. They stand two wins away from that. Uh, let's catch our first break when we get back. What's up? Well, we got a uh, congratulations to Coach Justin LeBlanc. Okay. Yep. He's the head coach for the women's team at Millsaps oh, yes, College. Yes, 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 yes. They have conference champions. And they're going to the NCAA tournament. Yeah. 23 and 4 this year. His dad texted me all proud last night, uh, yesterday afternoon, that they won the tournament and they're going to the NCAA tournament. So, congratulations to uh, Coach Justin LeBlanc. Hold hold that thought because they also have a local young lady on that team that I want to shout out. Let me go find her on the roster here. They have da, 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 Taylor Frank, uh, a junior from Central Lafouche, who uh, is playing on that team. I want to say that's the daughter of Coach Tora at Central Lafouche. But either way, I know they're really close to Coach Tora either way. Um, but Torres at all the Millsaps games. So they got a junior from Central Lafouche on that team. Congratulations going to the NCAA tournament. That's an unbelievable accomplishment. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yep, let's catch a break yep. when we get back. Uh, we're going to talk about some baseball that happened over the weekend as, man, we had some very interesting results around the state, and we'll recap those for you in the next segment. 
It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. News alert from Golden Motors. 2.9% APR financing for 72 months on all 2023 and 2024 15 Silverado models for qualifying customers through GM Financial. These great deals are good through March 4th on all 2023 and 2024 1500 Silverado models. Golden Motors Highway 3235 on the back road and cutoff. Chevy, let's drive together. Price is priority. Not compatible with any other incentives. Set yourself up for success when planning your next event, whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras, rodeo, or outdoor music venue. Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 18, 10, 3, and 2-stall restrooms, air-conditioned trailers, anytime, anywhere. Call 24-7. Planning an event? Visit Septic at viscom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, Reserve, Odessa, Texas, and Pascagoula, Mississippi. This is Henry LaFont, current school board member for District 7. I want to give back to the community that has given me so much over the years. This isn't a matter of this part of the parish versus that part of the parish. It's simply about the kids, teachers, and staff, and how we can create a better place for them in the school system, and also make sure we give those kids a good education while being fiscally responsible with residents' tax dollars. As your school board member for District 7, I want to continue my service to the district. On election day, please vote for Henry LaFont, number 72, paid for by Henry LaFont, Jr. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. Rocking out to some Hollywood Hogan here on Play by Play. Casey just there with Coach Brian Colley. One thing that was made pretty clear this weekend is we've got some really good baseball teams. Surprise, surprise, right? In our area, uh, we start off taking a peek at our local 4A baseball district. We're going to get to 5A in just a second and 3A and so on and so forth. Um, South Terrebonne. When you think of South Terrebonne baseball, you think of Oh, well, they're going to struggle a little bit early in the year, but they'll be ready for the postseason. They'll turn on the Jets. And, oh, they've turned on the Jets right now. They're 5-0. and They sweep a weekend tournament. They get wins over Pineville, Acadiana, and Erath. The Gators are now 5-0 and on the season. Great work for Coach Barba and his team. We spend so much time talking about Lutcher and Vanderbilt. Don't forget about those Gators. They have a championship ring on their finger lately as well, and they're up to 5-0. and South Lafouche gets a big old win on Friday against Brobridge, scoring 11 runs in the seventh inning to rally back. Then they took one on the chin the next day. They lose to Beauchamp 14-4, but bounce right back and beat Cecilia 14-3. Brock Johnson on the week has nine RBI at the plate and is batting greater than 600. He has a dominant start on the mound, and he also has a save on the mound. So a great start for the Tarpons. There, We said on Friday, if you come back home taking two or three and you get back home three and one, that's a job well done. A lot of folks would have expected that the loss would have been to Brobridge and, and maybe that you'd take care of Beauchamp and Cecilia. But any way that you could get it, the Tarpons are three and one, heading into a big matchup tomorrow with Terrebonne. 
yeah, I think it's a very good start for the Tarpons and see if they can build off this three and one record. Uh, you got some midweek games and I believe tournament or early games in the week. Then you got tournament games and see if they can continue uh, off this good start, a three and one start. It's a good result for the Tarpons. Don't forget about the Assumption Mustangs. They started off 0 and 2, losing to Erath and St. John. Over the weekend, they swept the weekend tournament, getting a win over Kaplan 16 to 5, Southside 9 to 7, and Pineville 14 to 4. So the Mustangs are now 3 and 2. Ellen, they got back up on the horse. They lost to Fisher in a tough 2 nothing game. They beat Thomas Jefferson 15 to nothing. So the Patriots are now 2 and 2. Lutcher is 2 and 2, but I mean, come on now. They beat Parkview Baptist in the opener, and then they lost 2 of 3 to University Lab. All they have played this year are nothing but sulfur teams, so they're 2-2 two and two through that gauntlet, as is Vanderbilt Catholic. Vanderbilt got a season-opening win against Berwick, then lost to Dutchtown and St. Paul's. They bounced back at their weekend tournament and got a 3-2 to two win over Zachary, and then Morgan City sitting at 1-3 and three in our local district with their only win coming against the Willow School. Let's move to 5A because we've got, as always, a really difficult local 5A district as well. Uh, let's see. We'll find... Central Lafouche. There we go. Uh, so our local 5A district, Destrehan is 2-2. Two and two, Again, playing a murderer's row. They've, they've, they've faced nothing but quality competition. HL Bourgeois sitting at 2-2. Two and two. They got wins over Riverside and Catholic Appoint Capi. They lost to Bruley twice. Thibodeau is 2-2. Two two. They take two out of three games from North Lake Christian. They actually lost the opener against North Lake Christian, but bounced back and got a couple of run rule wins after that uh, to get to 2-2. Two and two. East St. John is one and two. Hanville's one and three, but Hanville's played five and O Denham Springs, and they won one out of three against four and one Sam Houston. So again, they're really challenging themselves. One that's a little bit of a surprise to me, Central Lafouche. They start off the season with an eleven to one run rule win over Morgan City. Then they lose to St. Aug, and they got swept in a three game series by CCA. Uh, so pitching a little bit of a problem there. They're giving up a bunch of runs. And then Terrebonne kind of struggling to start the year. They're sitting at 1-4, and four, but again, playing very quality competition. So don't be surprised if they come down the bayou tomorrow and give the Tarpons everything that they could handle. Um, let's go to our local 3A district, and we could tell you how the E.D. White Cardinals are doing. Their quest to defend their state championship is not starting off so hot. They're 1-3. and three. They lost the opener to South Terrebonne, then lost two of three to Holy Cross over the weekend with the only win coming in an 11-4 to victory over Holy Cross. They lost 7-1 to and also 9-3. to And then we go to our local 2A district where we could tell you that Homa Christian School, man, they're sitting at 2-1. and um, Rough preseason for them, right? And I'm not going to get into it. You guys all, if, if you don't know what happened by now, you're not ever going to know and you shouldn't know, but they had to deal with some things and losing some roster pieces and losing your coach or whatever. They have started off the year two and one, including a 15 to three win over Westminster Christian over the weekend. And then now we got to get to maybe the hottest and maybe the best team in our area, which is the CCA Lions right now. And I get it. It's so early. You couldn't, you shouldn't pay much attention to the power rankings right now. But right now in Division Four Select, they're the number one team in the state. Why is that? Because all they've done to start the year is start five and zero. They beat Bonneville twenty-eight to nothing. They beat Central Lafouche three-game sweep eleven to one, six to two, eleven to seven. They beat St. James eighteen to nothing. 
We had Joe Tutone on the Sports Corner Saturday right before they were about to play Central Lafouche, and he said, ah, yeah, we're undefeated, but we ain't played nobody, and, you know, let's let's slow down. And all they did on Saturday was score 17 runs in two games and sweep Central Lafouche. CCA's got a lot of their key pieces back off of last year. They're really good on the mound. Joe said throughout the whole offseason, if we score, we're going to be tough. Well, they've scored double-digit runs in every game but one this season, and the one that they didn't, they scored six. Um, they're really, really stinking good. They got a big challenge today. Yeah, today they're taking on assumptions. So that's a big challenge for them. Uh, but don't be surprised if, if CCA is a team that makes a very long push in the playoffs this year. I would agree 100%. And let's see what they do against uh, Assumption this afternoon. I Look, the way they're playing and scoring runs and they're pitching, uh, Assumption started off a little shaky. It's going to uh, could be a good game this afternoon. Really good test for both teams, no doubt about that. Um, South Lafouche, as we said, taking on Terrebonne tomorrow. Uh, big test for the Tarpons. It feels like every time South Lafouche plays Terrebonne, it's close, no matter what the records are. Last year we had a game between the two schools that went to extra innings. Um, Coach Guitros has got to be pretty happy with the way that they're pitching right now, outside of the Beauchamp game where it got away and they gave up 14 runs, they're throwing strikes. And then more important than that, in the opener against North Lake Christian, the bottom of the lineup really didn't do a whole lot. The top of the lineup pretty much had all the offense. Over the weekend, that switched. We saw some kids in that bottom of that order get on base and, and get some clutch hits. And I think it's the biggest key to the season for the Tarpons. I think they'll be able to throw strikes. The two biggest keys is can you play good defense and can you have more length in your lineup than you did last year? So far, the lineup thing is working out. The defense is still work in progress, hit or miss. But big test tomorrow at home. you got to take care of a 1-4 and four Terrebonne team. I would imagine Brock Johnson would be getting the ball. A great opportunity for the Tarpons to try to beat a 5A opponent. Yeah, beginning of the season, if you're going to look at it and be objective and, and just look at it and you would think, well, the Tarpons, their offense may score a couple of runs here and there. They won't have these big innings. And so far, they're getting a couple of big innings in, in these games that's allowing them to, to get victories. And they're finding a way to get on base. I don't care if it's getting hit by a pitch yep. or whatever. They're finding ways to get on base. And if they can continue to doing that, like you just mentioned, play good, solid defense, this team's going to win some games. Want to give a couple of shout-outs and a couple of attaboys. Um, this weekend, HL Bourgeois graduate Luke Liret, who's now a pitcher at Southwest Mississippi Community College, pitched a complete game as his team defeated number one Heartland. So he beat the number one JUCO in the country on the mound. He is a sophomore at, Mississippi, at Southwest Mississippi who's now a signee to go to Southeastern. So he's going to Division One after this year. Pitched a complete game, allowed just five hits and uh, struck out 12 in the win against the number one team in the country. So that's awesome work from Luke. And then we also want to give a shout-out and an attaboy to former South Lafouche pitcher Josh Pierce, who in a 12-1 to Delgado win over the aforementioned Southwest Mississippi, Pierce was dominant. He worked all five innings, complete game victory, allowed just one hit, struck out four. Um, it was his first win of the season. Josh struggled a little bit last year. Didn't see the mound a whole lot last year as a true freshman. He's their second leader in innings pitch this year. He's a big part of what they do. 
and he gets a complete game victory, defeating a quality opponent. Congratulations, Josh. Congratulations, Luke. We're sending some guys to the next level who are making a difference. That's awesome. And uh, Pierce, he may have struggled last year, but I just think uh, <clears throat> what a year under his belt, college ball, and I'm sure he got stronger because uh, when he was in high school, he was pitching tremendously, and people would have talked, well, just wait till he gets stronger. So I, if he gets stronger on the mound, that, that's impressive for yep. both these young men. I agree 100%. Let's catch a break when we get back. We'll talk about a couple of things happening in the world of sports, but then we'll dive back local. Because at 12.15, we've got Justin Payne, and at 12.30, we've got Leon Veal. We'll be right back with our lunchtime hour on Play by Play. Welcome to No Wake Outfitters, located in Metairie, just east of Causeway Boulevard. Your one-stop fly shop, kayak, and sportsman outfitters. You can check out our new kayak demos and our new pool and sea casting demonstrations. We have a new selection of functional and comfortable apparel from your favorite brands for the cooler weather. And our dedicated staff is here and ready to provide you with the knowledge to make an informed purchase. Come on in to check out some of our exclusive brands, such as Rugged Road, Turtle Box, Orvis, New Canoe, Old Town, and oh yeah, New Canoe 2022 kayaks are now 20% off. No Wake Outfitters, 1926. Airline Drive in Metairie. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, it's Ram Truck Month at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Rams, long-lasting new pickups, or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Whether you need a truck for work or home life, the Ram will do its job. Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Justin Payne will be joining us in the next segment of the show to talk about a big Nichols women's basketball victory on Saturday in Stouffer Gymnasium where they recognized seven seniors. They're losing a lot out of the program, but with as much as JP loves to recruit, something tells me they'll have some fresh bodies next season, especially with the way that they're playing. Um, you and I talk about this often, and I want to mention it here. We had our LHSAA soccer state championship games this weekend and I noticed something, and I'm sure it'll be pretty evident to you too whenever I shout this out. Division One girls soccer state champion, St. Scholastica. Division Two hmm. girls state champion, St. Thomas More. Division Three girls champion. Uh, there's actually no score posted, but I could tell you that uh, Parkview won the state championship. Division Four 
soccer state champion for the girls, Isidore Newman. Division one boys soccer state champion, Jesuit. And by the way, shout out to um, Max Chamberlain for Catholic of Baton Rouge. They finished as the runners-up. You will know Max Chamberlain because, you know, Big Mike Bear. Uh, you used to coach him, uh, uh, Lacey's husband. Oh, yes. Um, his sister's kid plays for Catholic of Baton Rouge oh, wow. soccer. So congratulations to Jesuit and also congratulations to Max and Catholic for finishing runner-up. Division two boys soccer state champion, Holy Cross. Division three boys soccer state champion, the Willow School. And Division four soccer boys state champion, Episcopal. Every mm. single state champion was a select school. Wow. Why in the hell is this not broken apart? How could they tell us that there's no competitive advantage when you crown and give out eight trophies and every single one of them was to a private school? Let me even do the math even further. Championship game, Division One girls, St. Scholastica and Bird. Division Two, St. Thomas More and Ben Franklin. Division Three, Parkview and St. Louis. Division Four, uh, Episcopal and Newman. Division One boys, Catholic and Jesuit. Division two boys, Holy Cross and Ben Franklin. Division three boys, Willow School and University Lab. Division four boys, Episcopal and Episcopal of Acadiana. Every single team that won and also finished as the runner-up is a private school. So basically what we're telling these public school teams in these brackets is you don't have a snowball's chance in hell of ever winning the state championship, but we don't care about your sport enough to actually split it like everybody else. This is ridiculous. This makes me angry every single year, and it ain't just soccer because it's in cross country, volleyball. it's in volleyball, and any of the sports that are not broken off, the private schools dominate. Why? Because they do have an unfair advantage, and it's not apples to apples. They could get players outside of their zoning district. Public schools cannot. And if I were a public school coach in the soccer or volleyball or track and field or cross-country realm, I would be livid and I would be at the annual convention every single year screaming until my tonsils fell out that this is BS. This is not right. Why does football, basketball, baseball, softball, whatever have splits, but the other sports do not? It should be one for all or none for all. And I don't understand why we don't do this. And I don't understand how we could look at these brackets and deny that there's an advantage when we, every single champion and every single runner-up is a select school. You know, a lot of coaches have the opinion, let's split everything. But when it comes in January, somehow, if it would be voted on, it just doesn't pass to split. If, if it's going to be a split in some sports, the fair split every sport. And figure out a way, you know, executive committee, figure out a way to do the playoffs. Or, but, but just keep it, keep it fair. And, and, and don't worry about uh, different things that you go in there, you, you vote on, uh, district by divisions. And just split everything. I would be cool with that. And I, 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 just, I don't understand why it's not um, – because I guess it's all about their numbers. They want numbers to be more close together or spread out across the board evenly with so many teams make playoffs here and there. And But I, it's, I don't know. It, it just it yeah, doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. It, it's it's mind-blowing. It, 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 it doesn't make any sense. Um, 
Nichols sophomore forward Lexi Alexander was named the Southland Conference Women's Basketball Player of the Week today. All Lexi Alexander did on Saturday was get a career-high 28 points and adding 15 rebounds. She's only a sophomore. We've got Justin Payne coming on in the next segment of the show. But in that win for the Colonels, Lexi Alexander had 28. And then also true freshman Tabby Curtis had 28. You talk about a bright future, man. You're, some of your better players are freshmen and sophomores. Colonels get another win. Um, but I also want to shout out Treya Bruce, man. It was her final home game in Stouffer Gymnasium. And Coach Payne actually came on the television broadcast after and kind of shed light into that story some. Treya's had a rough year, man. She yep. she loses her dad right before the season starts. Um, it's not anything anybody should ever have to deal with at that age. The fact that she toughed it out and is still a big part of this team. Uh, I say it every time I'm on ESPN+. Plus. I've been calling Treya Bruce games since she's been in the ninth grade at South Lafouche. Uh, the fact that she's made it all the way through her collegiate career and they announced in senior night she wants to get into coaching or working with the athletic department somewhere. Uh, so she's going to continue to give back. Treya, salute to you. You are one of my favorites that I have ever covered, and uh, congratulations. I know it's not over yet. Still a couple of games left, and you guys hope to make some noise. But congratulations in advance on an absolutely awesome college career. It was great to see her have that senior night moment on Saturday. Yeah, definitely not over for her and her career. Uh, would surprise me at all if she gets on that court in the tournament and gives the Lady Colonels a big three. Uh, to possibly put them over the top. Absolutely. We would certainly love nothing more than that. I'm going to talk a little later in the show about my thoughts about um, banning court storming, which seems to be the big care and topic that everybody's yelling and screaming about uh, this weekend. I probably are gonna, am going to go against the grain a little bit on this one. Um, but there was one instance this weekend uh, where we saw the LSU Tigers lay an egg. You and I talked last week, hey, if you want to make that next step and you want to get yourself into the middle of the pack, then show up at the PMAC and beat Mississippi State. Oh, man, in the spirit of Easter, LSU laid a big fat egg on the court. They got blown out 87-67. to 67. Um, That's not a good result for Coach Matt McMahon. I was hoping to see the Tigers have a little more fight. Give credit to Mississippi State. They came on the road and just beat the snot out of LSU. That game was not competitive. Yeah, uh, we talked about uh, if you want to make that next step, the next two games, you can make the next two steps because it's games that you could win, especially beating the teams you just beat. And you're right, they laid an egg at home. Uh, that can't happen. If you're going to be in the next tier, if you want to move up, uh, it, it can't happen. So it just they're not ready this year. Uh, I would think NIT would, would be their, their go-to uh, in the end of the season, uh, unless they would get lucky and hot in the SEC tournament. But I, I still uh, – you, you don't see that happening. It's not consistent. They're just nope. not there yet. Um, they had a couple of good wins. And like you mentioned, late an egg. Just uh, unfortunate for the men's basketball team in LSU. Dude, what, what's wrong with, with, with Alabama? Alabama some games looks like they're the best team in the country. And then there's other games like Saturday when they line up against Kentucky and just non-competitive, just get blown out, give up 117 points. They're down 30 at one point in that game in the second half. Uh, this is why this is going to be such a difficult NCAA tournament to pick because there's so many teams like them that when they bring it, they're really good, but they don't always bring it. And 
Uh, UConn this week, number one team in the country, looked invincible. They they lost the game this week to Creighton, a Creighton team who then yesterday bounced back and got crushed by an unde- unranked team. Like there's so much variance and so much unpredictability. Uh, but man, Alabama is one of those teams that it's either the highest of the highs or the lowest of the lows. And Kentucky kicked them in the face on Saturday. How do you give yep. up 117 points in a 40-minute game? They rely on the three ball way too much. If they're hitting, they, they're going to score points and win. They don't play defense. No, no I mean, look, not at all. They can shoot the ball well when they're shooting the ball well. I mean, obviously, yeah, they, they shoot it. Uh, they can score 90 points a game, but they're giving up 80, 75. I mean, it's... Uh, they just don't play defense. And that's why I mentioned a while back, it, Oates at Alabama wouldn't surprise me. And I don't think it would happen, but it wouldn't surprise me if he's gone after this year because it's so inconsistent. Their defense, uh, you watch them play the end of – when it's a close game, the end of game situation, they just – it seems like they struggle to, uh, to put teams away. A lot of times they get lucky and do. But uh, it's the three ball. If they're hot and scoring, they're going to win some games. If not, you're going to get blown out like Kentucky. Let's talk briefly about the Nichols men's team, and then we'll catch a break and get to our next two phone segments. But um, the Nichols men got an 85-70 to win against Texas A&M Commerce. It was also their senior day. They had a three-person senior class, Quinn Strander, Taylor Blanchard, and Jalen White. Um, I mentioned this a ton during the ESPN Plus broadcast. Quinn Strander's story is awesome. Um, A walk-on from E.D. White, not the biggest kid in the world, had a lot of work to do in his upper body to get strong enough to play at college, just continues to persevere, persevere, persevere. At the beginning of his career, he was just kind of a scout team, mop-up, you know, come in at the end of the game type of guy. The dude's a starter now, and he played 31 minutes on Saturday Scored nine points, had five assists, two rebounds, five steals, all over the floor, diving and taking charges and sacrificing his body. And this is a kid from right across the street in Thibodeau, uh, E.D. White guy, just is a testament to if you put in the work and you're not willing to take no for an answer, great things are going to happen. Not only did he earn a scholarship last offseason, but now he's a big piece to this team, man, just with the blood and guts and relentless effort, five steals all over the place, scoring nine points, making big free throws down the stretch. Congratulations to Quinn Strander, man. That's that's awesome to see a local kid shining bright and earning everything that he's gotten. He went from not even being in the rotation to being a starter on a team that's 10-4 and four in their conference. That's amazing work from Quinn Strander, man. Shout out to him. Yeah, and look, stories like this just don't happen. You have to put the work in, and he did. And it shows you hard work, pays off. And it, but it, I love watching him play because he, he can, if you go all, guard off of him, he, he's, he can shoot the ball, always could shoot the ball well. And he's not afraid to take the ball and drive in the, into the paint. And he finishes at the rim, he uses his body well. If he gets fouled, he's going to free throw and make some free throws. But uh, just overall, he knows the game, my God. Uh, his dad was a big basketball guy. I mean, he he just he knows the game well. And when he, he gets in, he's uh, maybe a little undersized, but he's uh, he's not afraid to do big man things on the court when he gets in there. 
Colonels are at home tonight, their final home game of the regular season against Incarnate Word. I'll be at that one uh, doing color uh, and, um, analysis with Jack Benjamin also on the call there. Partner. N- Nichols is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite against UIW, who is shorthanded, second-straight opponent the Colonels will face that will be without some key pieces after that. Uh, I, I want to say skirmish. It was worse than a skirmish after that brawl at the end of the uh, the UIW and Commerce game. So the Colonels right now are in a tie for second place with Corpus Christi. They're not going to catch McNeese. They don't have to catch McNeese. All they got to do is finish in the top two somehow, and you get two buys, get to the semifinals. Um, Amazing job. I know we say it every week, but amazing job by Coach Sadler and his staff. Hopefully they can earn those double buys, and hopefully they can make some noise out in Lake Charles in the next couple weeks. Yeah, man, it's going to be tough because McNeese in their home gym. It's going to be nothing but sellouts. It's going to be tough. Yep. But, hey, it's doable. Ideally, somebody else would beat them for you, and then you don't even ever have to run into them. That's what happened for LSU last year. A lot of folks said they couldn't beat South Carolina. Well, they never even had to play them. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we'll have Coach Justin Payne on the line. The Nichols women's basketball team got a big win and celebrated their senior night in style. We'll have the coach to tell us about it on the next segment. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. As a leader in the oil and gas industry, Joe's Septic Contractors caters to oil field clients offering vacuum truck service for offshore tanks, vessels, or treatment plants containing sewage or gray water. Their rental department offers state-of-the-art offshore portable toilets. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. We are uh, trying to get Coach Justin Payne. Did it go to voicemail? Oh, okay. Well, I'll see if he could call us. Let me get that squared away. 
Give me uh give me the phone number. Seven nine eight. Seven seven four eight. Live radio, folks. So we'll try to get JP on the line here in just a second. Uh, the Colonel women got a big win uh, and took care of business over Commerce this past weekend. We mentioned it was senior day, and several of their key players shined bright in that victory over um, Commerce. Nichols will now be finished with their home schedule. They've got nothing but road games coming up down the stretch. Um, and we'll see. They're, they're in a little bit of a different spot than the men. The men are playing to try to get buys. The women are just trying to you know, earn a little bit better seating. They're not going to be one of the top teams into the field, but they're going to be certainly in the discussion and, and, and more than capable of making some noise whenever they get there. So we'll see if we could get Coach Payne squared away here at some point during this segment. I just actually shot him a text message and told him to call us. Um, but the Colonels got a big one. And they will play Thursday at Natchitoches against Northwestern State, Saturday at McNeese, and then the following Thursday at Southeastern, which is the defending Southland Conference champions. So they've still got some tests coming up, and uh, we'll see if Nichols could continue to, to play at a very high level, uh, like they have done really throughout all of year one with Coach Justin Payne in the house. Yeah, just a, a great job. Uh, he, but he, look, he knows the area. He's going to recruit the area well. Uh, it's kind of. Not surprising, the results, because you knew coming in uh, what they were getting, so it's not really shocking the the job he's doing. And um, this is just the beginning, again, of uh, Nichols women's basketball. Again, it's uh, exciting to see. Their, their senior group consists of Amelia Sandy, who battled injuries and hasn't really played this year, but she was a good one when she was healthy. Michaela Etienne, who's a big part of what they do. Ashley Malone, who was a big part of what they do, but – blew out her, her Achilles. Treya Bruce, contributor, role player, shooter off the bench, does a great job. Kyla Hamilton, one of the heart and soul members of the team. Uh, she plays so hard, starting point guard. Adrian Mann, another one that's been out injured throughout more, most of the season. And then Kate Manley, the big 6'4 post player. So they got a lot that they're replacing, but they also bring a lot of their core back. And then when you add those scholarships that Coach Payne's going to add on the trail, but his recruiting, his, that's, that's his go-to. That's what he's good at. Um, this is a roster that's going to get more athletic. This is a team that's going to continue to play at a higher and higher level. And this is, like you said, this is just the beginning. They're going to be in really good shape for, for quite some time. Um, while waiting on the coach, I shot him a text and asked him to call us to see he hasn't received it yet. Nichols Baseball gets a three-game sweep over Eastern Illinois. This weekend, they get a nine to six win on Friday, a four to nothing win on Saturday, and then another nine to six win on Sunday. The Colonels are now seven and one on the season. Um, on Tuesday, they've got a big game in Biloxi against Southern Miss, and on Wednesday, they got a big game in uh, Mobile against South Alabama. So the Colonels will be tested in the midweek before returning home and taking on Southern this coming weekend. Great opportunity for Coach Silva and his team to try to flex their muscles and continue to grow. Uh, because, man, it's a team right now that's playing at a very, very high level, and uh, we're hopeful that the Colonels could continue to make some things happen there in the Southland Conference, which is going to be beginning before you know it. you got league play that's going to start on March 22nd, so we're less than a month away to the start of Southland Conference play, and, and we're very hopeful that the Colonels are able to, uh, to make some hay and make some things happen there. 
Still waiting on Coach Payne. Hopefully we could get him at some point in this segment. Hopefully we could get Leon Veal at 1230. Uh, our phone situation has been a little bit in flux lately. As you guys know, we're going to try to dial him one more time here, see if we could get him during the course of the show. The LSU women's basketball team moved up a couple of spots in the top 25. A lot of teams in the top 25 lost this week. LSU was not one of them. As a result, they move up to number nine. They were previously number 13. So the Tigers are back in the top 10, uh, which is a, a great thing for Coach Mulkey and her team as LSU tries to um, continue to climb the ladder and make sure that they're playing their best basketball at the right time of the season. The Tigers are 24-4 and and are 11-3 and in SEC play. In yesterday's game, they got a welcome sight. Haley Van Lith played very, very well for the Tigers, scored 26 points, four or five from the three-point line, seven rebounds, three assists. She did a little bit of everything. Coach Mulkey said after the game, she said, hey, look, uh, you guys have been too hard on Van Lith. We're teaching her a new position. We knew there were going to be some growing pains. We just wanted to have her ready for March. And if this is the Haley Van Lith that LSU is going to get the rest of the way, then they're going to certainly be very difficult. I see our phones are ringing. I think we might have Coach Payne on the line. Let's see if we could get that answered. Good morning. Uh, you are live on play-by-play. Is this Coach Justin Payne? This is, my guy. How you doing? Doing wonderful, brother. Great to hear from you, man. Uh, we were just talking up your ladies and how they got a big old win on senior day, beating um, Commerce on Saturday. It's your seventh conference win of the season. Got to be so super proud, man. That was a good one. Big performance from Alexander, big performance from Curtis, and several others pitched in. Good total team effort from the Colonels on Saturday, man. Absolutely, man. Very, very proud of them. And uh, as I told them, man, when when you uh, when you win, you start some of these uh, individual accolades start to come. Uh, Lexi got uh, Player of the Week uh, today, uh, and well deserved. Average twenty and fifteen these last couple of games, and when you win, you have a chance to to get some uh, recognition. And we're so proud of them. Uh, but it's a it's a team award. You can't get those unless you win. So. Very, very proud of them and uh, looking to keep it going forward this week. Coach, we say so often on the ESPN Plus broadcast that when Lexi Alexander is efficient, your offense is really good. And she was she was efficient on Saturday. She was making the mid-range shots. She was getting to the rim, and it felt like it was contagious. Everybody else around her was making shots. She's kind of the, the, the thing that makes the engine go, and when she's going, man, you guys could really score the ball. Absolutely. So we, you know, we, you see it all the time. Like we run it through her. Uh, everything runs at that elbow spot through her. We give her the ball a lot. Uh, I think, you know, she's getting, you know, it takes about a year or two for you to get kind of comfortable in this offense. So uh, she's starting to really get comfortable understanding when to shoot it, when to drive it, when to pass it. And uh, she's almost like a point forward, you know. So we, we kind of been running it through her and she's going to continue to get comfortable in it. I was so happy when I first got the job to see that how young she was and knowing that she can grow into this offense. So uh, just so proud of her, wanted to continue to play well, to want to continue to play with confidence. Um, and knowing in this offense she can do in all phases, rebounding, shooting, and passing, you know. So um, she can fill the stat sheet up, and uh, we're, we're looking forward to continuing to play well as we go into the conference center. 
Sitting at 13 and 14 overall, 7 and 8 in the conference, you guys have made such big improvements from last season. What were some of your goals that you had before the season? What was it just to get into the Southland Conference tournament? Was it to win 10 plus games? Like internally, what were some goals and are you satisfied with where you guys are right now in year 1? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm satisfied. I'm pleased, man, but you know, we we have the same goals uh every year coming in, man, is to to win a conference championship. We didn't we didn't care if it was you know, our first year, we wanted to go from worst to first, um, you know, and put, we put that out there and we, we put it in our group. And uh, we're looking going into pretty much the, the last couple of weeks of the season as the top of fifth place. And, you know, for us to be in the top half of our, uh, of our league uh, is pretty impressive, you know, especially we've been hit with some adversity. You know, we lost uh, Ashley Malone, uh, Adrian Mann, who we thought could be critical pieces of, uh, in this run that we were trying to make. Um, but, man, the girls have stepped up. Michaela Aitken has stepped up. Uh, Bataya Curtis, you, you know, she stepped up huge. And uh, Kyla Hamilton, man, I'm really proud of her point guard play, uh, the way that she uh, – you look at it against Commerce, she finished with 12, 7 rebounds, 7 assists. Uh, you know, her play has been incredible. As we knocked down some of her turnovers, you know, as you look at the stats she last year, you know, she was very, very turnover prone. And uh, that was one of the things, just as a point guard, you know, a former point guard, I wanted to work with her on is if you're going to be the point guard that you want to be and if we're going to win games consistently at a high level, you know, you can't turn the ball over. So we've worked on that, and she's gotten better and better each game, and I'm just so proud of her as well. Coach, let's talk about this. When you were a player at Nichols, the recruiting philosophy was, we'll sign five or six high school kids and maybe get one or two transfers. Now it's kind of inside out. Now a lot of the schools are looking to uh, go and get a lot of transfers and just sign a handful of high school players. What's your re- recruiting philosophy going to be at Nichols? And, you know, are you satisfied with, with some of the – I know you probably can't mention a whole lot of names yet, but are you satisfied with the reception that you're getting on the road when you're in those living rooms meeting people and, and their parents? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, everybody sees uh, what we're doing in year one and uh, – now you have a track record with, uh, you know, me getting my first head coaching opportunity uh, at Georgia Southwestern. Uh, they saw the track record there, kind of did the same thing year one and there, over there, and then grew it and grew it and grew it. So, um, but we, we love what we're getting. Uh, we're going to take the best players available. I don't, I don't care if it's high school uh, transfers or whatnot. If, if you can play and we feel that you're going to fit into uh, the culture down here on the bayou, and uh, you fit into what we're building, and you can play at a high level. We want you, you know, no matter if you're high school, junior college, or a Division One transfer, you have to be able to uh, play at a high level, but also be uh, a good person uh, that that we that's going to represent the women's basketball in the community. Three games to wrap up the regular season. Unfortunately, none of them are in Stouffer Gymnasium, but. They're all in Louisiana, so it's not crazy long trips, but you're going to have to take the show on the road. How do you guys get ready and try to finish with a bang, man? Man, you know, we're going to take, we're going to take some time today just to, uh, to watch us again, uh, make sure that we, we get the mental part right, make sure we're getting better. Even though we won, we want to continue to treat it as, man, look, we, we got a lot that we can work on, um, and, and uh, we're going to work on some skill work today and then get back to the game plan on Tuesday, but we're uh, we're looking to, to make make sure we're playing well. We're in playoff mode each game. We're treating as if we lose, we're out. So we want to continue to to build that experience before the conference tournament. 
One thing to me, Coach, that is is probably amongst the most impressive things that I've seen with your ladies this year is you guys got a couple of players that sometimes play big minutes, 20, 25 minutes. Sometimes they play just three or four. But regardless of their role on that given night, they're always the first ones up and cheering, and that vibe is there. And, like, you really got the kids bought in and understanding that it's all a team. And, dude, I was looking over uh, – I'll shout out the name. Betsy Delgado on Saturday. She's a young lady that sometimes plays a lot, sometimes doesn't. Didn't play a whole bunch on Saturday, but she was still being a cheerleader and rooting on her girls. And, bro, that's bigger than the game. That's an awesome thing to see, man. Absolutely. We, we feel uh, – I just spoke about that this morning to another media personnel is that I think a big part of uh, why we're doing what we're doing and made incredible leaps and bounds is the buy-in from all of these young ladies. Um, they, they, they've uh, trusted what we're selling, and uh, they all bought in, no matter if they're playing five minutes, 30 seconds. Uh, you look at Betsy Lee's was starting in the fall, and um, is she probably happy with that? I don't think so as a competitor, but she understands the bigger goal, and that, that's huge from her. Uh, and you just never know, night in, night out. You never know who chances it, who chance it is. And, you know, your role that night may be to cheer. You know, we talk about that. And you better cheer with all you got, you know, for us to, to win. And um, I, I just can't say enough about uh, their buy-in and their level of commitment and sacrifice has been amazing. It was a big senior group that was honored. I know we talked about it on television after the game. It's a group that you're so proud of. We were a little bit limited for time in that interview, but we're not limited for time now, man. Brag on your seniors. It's an awesome group. Yeah, I mean, awesome group. Like I said, man, the, the sacrifice and the, the commitment that they continue to show has been amazing. Uh, you feel so – I feel so bad when I I look at those those kids, especially Ashley Malone, uh, Adrian Mann, uh, who, who – Adrian, a year was cut short at the beginning of the season uh, in practice. Ashley Malone had really found herself in the fall. We're coming off knocking off South Alabama. She's playing extremely well, and um, she tears her Achilles. And, you know, you, you just feel so bad for them because, man, they, they were going to be two, like, you felt like really, really crucial pieces into us going from worst to first, right? But adversity uh, sets in, and then you have people that step up. Uh, you look at somebody else like Kate Manley, who's um, been practicing a whole bunch on the scout team, doing different things we're, we're asking her to do. And then when her time's called, she's ready to play, you know, and she, she sacrificed so much. And just to, to trust us and what we're trying to do uh, has just been amazing. Uh, uh, Amelia Sandy, you know, came back from a season-ending injury uh, in the middle of the season, has worked her tail off to, to get back in enough time to try to help contribute in any form of fashion. Right now it's been on the scout team and her running the point guard of everybody else's point guard or whatever player we need to be from another team. She has done that and worked extremely hard and took just a certain type of pride in it, you know, and uh, <laughs> like you don't win games without that, you know, without being properly prepared. So those are just a few, but all of our seniors have been amazing. Their sacrifice and commitment has been amazing. Michaela Atian steps up, man. We're hoping to get another year from her. Uh, we're waiting on the answer back from the NCAA with that. But, you know, so it, she stepped up big. And, you know, we can get her back going into next year, man. I, I'll feel really good about, you know, 
hey, we got a, that nucleus is coming back, you know, and then we can add some more pieces with them. But the, the senior group has been amazing, my man. Oh, no doubt, bro. Look, I'll leave you with this. You guys are having a wonderful season. The men are having a wonderful season. And it really feels like you guys are all kind of feeding off of one another. The men are playing. I see you sitting, you know, in that lounge area rocking the baby yeah. while watching the game. I see y'all playing. Coach Sadler sitting in the bleachers. Like, it's really cool, man. It, it truly is. Like, it's a cliche. Everybody says, oh, it's a big family. No, right now it really is all a big family for Nichols basketball. Women's and men are united. It's a united front right now, man. Oh, yeah, without a doubt, man. We're true, we're, we're definitely cheering on Coach Sadler and what he's been able to do. And, hit, and year one has been nothing short of incredible. I mean, you look at, at him. I remember when he was a player and then growing up to be a, a, a great, you know, not only a great young man, but a great young coach, man. He is really knocking it off uh, the meter right now. And, and what he's doing and him and his staff, they, they continue to work hard every day. Uh, but, yeah, man, we, we love working with them, man, and we, 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 we work together, you know, with whatever we may have, uh, whether it's practice times or film times, whatever, we all work together. So uh, it is a, a great family atmosphere in there, and we're rooting those guys on. Hopefully they get a big W today. No doubt, brother. Hey, we thank you so much for the time. Congratulations on the big win Saturday, and we look forward to seeing you guys finish the year strong. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Casey, for your coverage all year long. Uh, you've been amazing, not only on your radio show, but on like just on the ESPN broadcast. It is amazing to hear you. I know I told you uh, before, but it is. I just love going back, watching the games, and hearing your insights and your critique on the game. You know what you're talking about, and we can't thank you enough for what you do, my man. It is. It is needed. And uh, just thank you so much for what you do, not only for us, but for the whole community down here on the bayou. Our pleasure, brother. Have a wonderful rest of the day, my friend. Okay, you too, my man. God bless you. Yep, yep. That is Coach Justin Payne doing an excellent job. I will cash app him a couple hundred bucks for that stuff there at the end. thought it was a bird flying around in the studio with your hat that just flew off. <laughs> <laughs> no, we appreciate his kind words. It's been a blast to cover them. And let me tell you, if they are able to get Michaela Etienne back for another year, they're awaiting a ruling from the NCAA, whew, that would be big because they've got a lot of their core coming back. They're just reaching kind of like how we talk about with the Ellender boys. Right now is just the beginning. This is just the beginning for them. They went from the middle or from the bottom to the middle. Next year, they're going to go from the middle to the upper echelon. Let's catch a break. When we get back, Leon Veal of the Vanderbilt Terriers. They've got a home opening round for them. Second round uh, Division II select matchup against St. Michael tomorrow. We'll ask him about how his team has prepared on play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. What would you do if you had a broken bone? You'd go to the doctor and use your insurance, right? Well, what would you do if you have a serious problem with drugs and alcohol? Most people do nothing until it's way too late. Your insurance can help you get clean and sober with the assistance of a place like the DT.
I just got to learn how to. Hey, coach. Hey, you ready? Yes, sir. Okay, hold on one second. Most importantly, it can mean improving your quality of life. Learn more at Thibodeau.com. We thank Coach Justin Payne for the time in the last segment of the show. He gave a wonderful 10-15 uh, you know, minute interview talking about the Nichols women's basketball team and all the great things that they're doing. Now we go to another coach who's got his team rolling. That's Coach Leon Veal of the Vanderbilt Terriers. They open up their playoff journey in the second round after an opening round bye. They're taking on St. Michael tomorrow in Homa. Coach Veal, good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing today? I'm great, man. How are you guys doing? Doing good, bro. Uh, you guys are rested, uh, haven't played in a little while, but got an opening, well, opening round for y'all, second round in total against St. Michael tomorrow in Homa. Tell us about how you guys have handled the seven, eight, nine days off. How how's practice has been since you guys last took the floor? Man, practice has been intense. We uh, got a couple of scrimmages in. Uh, uh, been doing a lot of individual work. Uh, guys, I think the guys are hungry. Uh, we took the week and all, kind of did some team bonding together, and uh, we look forward to to to, to tomorrow. It, it should be a, a great, exciting game. Did you guys go on out and watch St. Michael in the opening round, or did you get any tape? Tell us some things that they do well. Oh, I've been watching film. I uh, I traveled to go watch them play. Uh, it was actually a pretty good game. Um, they, they're, they're really good on the defensive side, uh, being in the right position, uh, being in the next step to take the extra charge. and uh, One of those typical teams where they're going to do everything right, and uh, we got to get them uncomfortable. Uh, and make them play our pace, and hopefully we can do that. Man, this is the the time of the year that everybody's been having circled for your program. We knew coming into the preseason this was going to be a very special group, group that has a chance to do some great things. Um, what are some things y'all are working on in practice to make sure that you're peaking at the right time? Uh, one, that we, we really can't have any letdowns. we got to make sure defensively on the defensive side that you know we're locked in, keying in on our guys, uh, make sure we're rotating correctly. <laughs> Doing all the little things, boxing out, getting our hands on some, uh, some, some on the basketball, and uh, you know, make sure we're being there for each other. You know, it's not time to, you know, have a bad game or a letdown game or anything like that. It's time to we need to be peaking right now. We need to be at our best. Coach, no one ever wants to lose a game. There, there, there's no doubt about that. No one ever wants to lose a game. But you guys lost your one before last game to the regular season against St. Martin's, a team that y'all had beaten by 24 earlier in the season. Was that kind of like a needed wake-up call to the boys? Like, hey, if this ever happens again, our season's going to be over. Like, was it kind of a good lesson to get before it became playoff time? 
I think I think that's the first thing I said to the coaches after the game was I think we needed this. I think we needed that wake up. We were you know we were on the road. Uh, we had won a couple games where you know we didn't play our best, but we just was able to get over the hump. But now they just see like, hey, no team is going to lay down just because of your record or, or who you are. We got to be prepared every night and uh, get ready to play. And I think that I think that woke us up a little bit, you know. So, uh, you know, I, I think they're ready. I think I really think the team's ready to come out and play hard tomorrow. Going to be a big home crowd, I would expect. How do you make sure that the guys are ready but are also still playing their game and not trying to do too much? I think one of the main things is last year for the, the two playoff games we had, we had a, we had a nice crowd. Um, you know, and, and we played this year. Uh, we scheduled a lot on the road to where – you know, we, we we face a lot of different adversities, and, and hopefully that, you know, we just settle down and play for each other, you know, block out all the outside noise and, you know, just play, you know, do what we're supposed to do and, and play as a team. Coach, how are you going to handle the day tomorrow uh, with your kids? I know, like, there's no JV game. Game's probably 6, 7 p.m., just one game. Uh, how you handle the, your pregame routine? Do you, you try and keep everything pretty much the same, or you change things up for the playoffs? No, I'm gonna try to keep it the same. Um, we play at six thirty tomorrow, so I'll probably get them in uh, probably four thirty. Uh, we're gonna watch a little film before, get some shots up, some free throws. Try to keep everything relaxed. Um, you know, the, it's 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 the it's the game that we need. But you know, you also gotta relax and be able to play basketball. You know, so uh, we're gonna go out throughout our day normal uh, and just stay focused on that's that's the main thing. We just gotta stay focused. Coach, we had Justin Payne on in the last segment and obviously the Nichols women's coach. And I was asking him, I said, hey, man, like, do the ladies feed off of the men and do you guys kind of work in tandem? I asked the same question to you all, man. You guys are the number five seed in Division Two Select. The ladies are in the top 28. It's been amazing years for both of you all. Do you guys kind of feed off of that energy of one another? Like, how, how closely knit are the two programs there at Vanderbilt? Oh, they're real tight, man. They, uh, you know, we, we were – Boys are at the game when they played. Uh, uh, who is it? Whoever they played last game, and we root them on. And we're gonna try to find a way to get there for Wednesday and for the state championship game. We see that, and that's what we want. You know, the the girls program got one state championship uh, in the history, and uh, they're gonna be getting a, probably, hopefully, getting another one come uh, Friday or Saturday. And uh, that's what we want. We see it. We see their program is is, is rocketing off, and we're trying to get there. You know, so. Uh, they're real. They're they're all close friends. They you know they they all they all want success for each other. So we, we, that's you know that's one of the main things I enjoy, and and we look forward to them winning, and they look forward to us winning. Uh, it's been a long time since you guys played a game uh, that you know the scoreboards were on, and you faced another opponent. How do you make sure that tomorrow at six thirty, when that ball's thrown up in the air, that you guys don't have any rust? I think this past week, but uh, we got some scream. We got we was able to get up and down the court, get some shots up. Um, you know, I think I think with the crowd, we're gonna probably have a little extra bounce in our step. But you know, once the game kind of settle in and 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 it becomes the basketball again, you know, we I think we should be okay. You know, if we if we play hard, St. Michael's is a tough team. You know, it's gonna be a really good game. You know, and I tell them, I said it's not gonna be something we win by fifteen or twenty. You know, but if we come out and play, we should. We you got a great chance of winning. So. Hopefully we can hopefully we can get it done, man. Just settle in and play basketball. Yeah, no doubt about that. What are some keys to victory tomorrow for your group, man? Lock in on defense, uh, limit our turnovers, um, make make some open shots. Uh, 
We're going to have to be able to knock down some three-pointers, uh, you know, get up and down the court. Um, they got a couple guys that can that can play ball. We got limited touches and, uh, you know, get in our transition and, and run our offense. But main thing is, you know, being, being locked in on defense. Leon, there's often a debate on social media about whether or not there should be a shot clock in the high school game. And I've been talking about this with some of my friends in group chats and everything like that. And one of the things that I was thinking is, man, this would this would benefit Vanderbilt so much because you guys play such tough defense. It'd be hard for an opponent to get a clean look in 30 seconds or whatever. But then you guys play with such pace on offense that it won't be as much of a problem for your offense to get off a shot. If they ever were to bring that up, would you guys be in support of a shot clock being brought to the game? Yes, I would. Just the simple fact that, you know, like you just said, we can, we can speed teams that try to slow us down up. You know, uh, you know, 30 seconds is, is not a very long time to get a shot. And some teams like to, like to try to run it, run it until they get that good shot. But we can try to speed teams up, make them uncomfortable, and, and get them out of position to take bad shots. You know, uh, I mean, am I in support of it? Yes, but, it, I mean, it's coming. It, it's going to eventually come here in the next few years. So, uh, you know, I think all the coaches are starting to prepare for it. And, uh, you know, game plans are going to have to change, you know. So, uh I look forward to it. Before we let you go, I'm going to give you an opportunity to shout out your coaching staff, bro. You got a good one. You got a lot of help, and, and it, it takes a village. Shout out the the folks that are working with you every day that's allowed you guys to get to this point in the year. Oh, man, Coach Coach Henry Washington, Coach Cody Sanders, and Coach Nike Johnson, man. They're a blessing, man. They keep me uh, – they kind of keep me level-headed and keep me in line when things get a little rattled. But they're, they're some great coaches, man. They bring – they all bring different things to the table to, to blend this team together. And, and uh, man, I, I, we wouldn't be this far without those guys, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate what they do. And uh, I appreciate you guys, man. You did guys do a hell of a job, man. Yep. Thank you, brother. Look, we, we thank you so much for the time. Good luck tomorrow, buddy. Hope to uh, to hear you guys uh, get, a, get a big win and keep moving forward. Yes, sir. Thank you. Good luck, Coach. Yep. That's right, Coach Leon Veal doing an excellent job, as always. They're taking on St. Michael tomorrow. That is going to be um, – I think we still got him on there. We might have to drop him. Oh, either way. <laughs> we want to thank him so much for the time. St. Michael's not the traditional 12 seed, Bubba. They're, they ain't bad. They lost to Southern Lab by five, um, beat Parkview. Did they beat Bruley? Uh, beat Bruley decisively. <laughs> um, got a win against Live Oak. Um, lost by one to Walker. Beat Plaquemine, who's a good team. Like this is Like Leon said it best. If we go into this thinking, yeah, we're going to win by 15 or 20, you might be surprised. I actually, quite honestly, was surprised that um, they only beat Douglas by four in the opening round, St. Michael did. And actually, ironically enough, that was a Bayou Association crew, and I was chatting with an official, and I ain't going to shout out the name, but I don't remember who it was, even if I did who said, yeah, St. Michael just kind of missed some shots, and they were thinking that the game was going to be a little more lopsided as well. So the Terriers are going to be in for a fight. Uh, they better be ready to go at 6.30, but St. Michael is more than capable of pulling off an upset. You look back at the Terriers' district play, would would you think that would hurt them going into that? I think that loss that they had before the Southwoods game possibly – Got them to refocus because without that, so. without that, I mean, look at the scores. It's Gonzaga. 
It, it's Gonzaga yeah. in the NCAA tournament. You're killing everybody in your conference or your district and not being challenged, and you develop some bad habits. Case in point, they beat St. Martin's on January the 5th, 66-42, to 42, played them on February 14th, and lost by 11. Yeah, and, and it's it, it's high school kids you're dealing with. You can tell them till you're blue in the face, look, you better be ready, you better be ready. You know, uh, man, because the district 6837 6846 6726 7938 6531 of uh, and look, we just get to see them during the during game, the game, yeah. game management. Uh, but he, he, you can tell that they work fundamentals. You can because it's proven on, on the court. Just a a great job, and I think they're gonna be focused and, and and ready to go tomorrow. You know what's crazy is that we've got two local teams that are playing tomorrow that are both in the exact same situation. Vanderbilt lost a late-season game that is going to probably cost them an opportunity to be home in the quarterfinals. They lost a late-season game that allowed Shaw to jump them. If Vanderbilt and Shaw both win, instead of Shaw coming to home, Vanderbilt's got to go to New Orleans. H.L. Bourgeois lost a late-season game to Central Lafouche that had they won tomorrow, they'd be hosting Rustin. It just goes to show, man, every game matters. Both of those teams had a little hiccup at the end of the year. And that's the reason why both potentially might be on a bus as opposed to playing in front of the comforts of their home crowd. And it's set up if they can get the victory tomorrow. Terry is a third-round rematch again. Uh, they lost at home last year. Not even have a chance to get them on the road. I don't think they would lose to Shaw this year. Maybe I'm wrong. I've seen Shaw a couple times. Shaw last year beat him because the little Johnson kid, the point guard, was unbelievable. He's making shots from everywhere. He's not there this year. I think, and I, Shaw has an unbelievable record, and they're a great team. I wouldn't be shocked if Vanderbilt, who almost beat them last year, whenever I thought that they were a better team than they are now, wouldn't be shocked if Vanderbilt went on the road, played the us versus the world game, and went and beat Shaw and went to the top. Yeah, and a couple, I know we're looking ahead, but uh, Shaw has some size that could – Affect the Terriers possibly. Yep, and I, I think playing at Shaw is not that big of a disadvantage for them. Yep, I, I would tend to agree because the Terriers are going to bring a big crowd. Uh, I, I just I don't know if, and they might Shaw might pack the gym, but I just don't know if uh, Shaw would have a, a a bigger home crowd like Vanderbilt would have at their gym. So let's talk about this. Uh, on yesterday, or Saturday rather, um, Wake Forest defeated Duke. And the fans stormed the floor. Tradition that's been happening for, for decades. But now all of a sudden, when Caitlin Clark and Filipowski get quote-unquote injured during these celebrations, now we want to stop them from happening. And first and foremost, they're not allowed to happen right now anyway the teams get fined when it happens but how the hell are you going to stop ten thousand people with five cops that's the first thing the second thing and look i'm not a duke fan so i get it i'm biased and i'm saying this kind of as a hater 
But Kyle Filipowski after the game said that, quote, I absolutely feel like this was personal. It was intentional for sure. Like I said, there's no reason where they see a big guy like me trying to work my way off the court and they can't just work around me, you know? There's no excuse for that. Dude, I'm sorry you got hurt. I'm sorry you rolled your leg. I'm sorry whatever happened to you happened to you. They were not trying to hurt you, man. You're being a Karen right now. And Kyle Filipowski, my message to you is the same as my message to everybody else who wants to whine and cry about this. If you don't want them to storm the floor, then win. It's as simple as that. Go on the road and get the win. Because you know what? All these Duke fans, oh, this is terrible. We have to stop this. Jay Billis is on SportsCenter today acting all high and mighty. Oh, well, we got to change this. Let's arrest everybody that's on the court. You know what happened earlier this football season when Duke beat Clemson? They stormed the field. Where was Jay Billis saying how unethical and how terrible it was then? And then for Kyle Filipowski to say that he was targeted, come on, man. Look, I'm of the opinion, yeah, we probably should stop this from happening, right? I'm, I'm with that. But to say that he felt he was targeted and then they hurt him on purpose, just go back and watch the video, dude. He's walking off of a court. A student just bumped into him. It was an accident, dude. It was an accident. Stop trying to be a damn victim and go win the damn game. What are you doing? Yeah. Oh, man, Ooh, it was personal. No, it wasn't. No, look, there's no way he was targeted because if he would have been... They would have beat the hell out of him. But that person would have had to been the first one on the court yeah. to go and get him. What, you, there's no way. Even look, I'm, Okay, I'm going to go target this. I'm going to run storm the court. If I'm not the first one, there's 50 people around me, 75 people around me, where there's no way... That ha- you'd have to be the first one to get there. And that wasn't the case. It, it was a mob of people, and it just he got bumped into while he's trying to run off. He's not focused. I'm sure he's trying to be focused on getting off the court. But to okay, I'm going a straight line here. No, and when he's storming the court, it's not a straight line. They're just running all over the place. They get knocked and pushed all, all over. So no, there's no way in the world he was targeted. Yeah, it's trying to say they hurt him on purpose. No, give me a break. No, man. and uh, look, I, it needs to stop for, for safety concerns, and it needs to stop. And um, how you do it? Oh, my. I don't know. And, how you and do they it. all get security. There's not enough security. No, you'd have to, to have a thousand it. cops. That you can't stop that from you know, happening. The only way is you'd have to get a fifty or cops or whatever around the court. Well, like you do with some NBA games and a little rope. You can hold those nylon or the vinyl ropes, whatever you can hold around the court. And if someone comes beyond that, they get arrested. Now, if it's 200 people doing it, I mean, but grab as many as you can and, and start arresting people. But I, I, I really do think it needs it – need, I understand – what they're doing, they're excited. It, you, I, I get it. But for the safety of everyone concerned, it, it needs to stop. The one part of it that I agree with John Shire, Duke's coach, about is that before it used to be, and, and maybe this is a way that we can have both, right? Like before it used to be the clock would go to zero, the teams would kind of, the visiting team would kind of get off the floor, and then they would storm the floor. 
But now it's like even while the game's even going on and the clock's running down and the team's dribbling out, now they're on the court before the game even finishes. So maybe that's the solution. Maybe let's delay it. Because, look, the guys on the winning team want to party with their classmates. Hell, we saw LSU beat Kentucky, and Angel Reese was on the damn floor celebrating with the men's basketball team. The, the students want to do it. I think that there's a safe way to do it. But maybe we need to let the other guys go and then welcome them on the floor. Maybe that's a walker. Maybe that's a way we can have both. Yeah, it's going to be tough to stop. It reminds me of you know storming the court at a, the top 28 where – a team did it before the clock hit zeros, and the officials mm-hmm. gave that team a technical foul. I, I do remember that. I absolutely remember that. I also remember a guy being about six inches on the court getting a technical foul, too, a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, oh boy. Boy, you had to bring that one up. <laughs> Storming you know, the court. Yeah, a certain official, we're not going to name him, but uh, – yeah, we had a player with his toe maybe was on the court because he jumped off the bench and just happened to <laughs> land and gets a technical foul. Let me ask you this. I'll leave you with this. Nichols is playing tonight. I think oh, that they're going to win. Why, why oh. you got me all fired up right here at the end of the – I can't believe you. McNeese is on the road playing Lamar today. Lamar is one of the big power programs in the conference. McNeese is only a nine-and-a-half point favorite. Is McNeese going to cover today on the road against Lamar? Yes. There's Coach Brian Colley's betting pick of the day. McNeese minus nine and a half against Lamar tonight. Let's see if they played earlier in the season in Lake Chuck. I'll tell you how that one they went. They just defend so well. They beat Lamar by 19 in Lake Charles. I think that they're going to blow out Lamar tonight uh, like they did Incarnate Word on Saturday, like they did Nichols the following Saturday. I think that's actually a really good bet. McNeese minus nine and a half tonight against Lamar. I think that's a really good bet. Let's wrap things up today. We want to thank, uh, let's see, Coach Justin Payne for his time, doing a wonderful job as always. We want to thank Coach Leon Veal for his time. Tomorrow, eh, I don't know that we're even having a show, right? I don't believe. I think we're going to be on the road to Ruston traveling tomorrow. So uh, I think tomorrow's show, let me pod this up. Uh, Tomorrow's show would have to be um, on the road or? I would think so. What's going on, Monsieur Gisclair? Well, I, I just want to let the public know that uh, Senator Robert Island, District 21, is a one official, hopefully one of several official sponsors hey. for tomorrow night's game. And uh, I know they're in special session right now, and I appreciate uh, Senator Robert Island uh, for uh, being I think our first political uh, sponsor uh, for for basketball. So, if anybody wants to sponsor our broadcast tomorrow, what do they have to do, gentlemen? Six nine one thirteen thirteen. My cell phone, and I'll direct you. We'll we'll either take the order, get your information, or we'll direct you to the proper salesperson to get the details down. Uh, Coach Brian Colley. And uh, Susan Sare are both, uh, you know, everybody over here is trying to sell, uh, but they're the, the primary salespeople for tomorrow night. Well, for all our sales. And, and we but, also want to thank Adams Waste Management. They was, service Lafouche and Terrebonne. He was the uh, first one to sign up, and uh, 
Senator Ilan is the first one to uh, first political uh, person to sign up. We really appreciate. We have. <laughs> we're gonna. We made a commitment to follow Central Lafouche or H.L. Bourgeois, our two closest high schools that I know of that uh, was in the playoffs and were in the playoffs and. One of them is still in, and we, we made a commitment to go as far as they, they go as into the playoffs, but I, I didn't think they were going f- far like in distance to Ruston, but that's going to uh, create uh, obviously a lot of expenses, but I was ready to incur the loss just to bring the, uh, the, the game to the people, and Matt Adams stepped up to the plate. Senator Alain stepped up to the plate. And uh, we're going to knock on a few doors this afternoon, see if we can defray some of the, the costs that's going to be involved for tomorrow's broadcast. And, and what happened the last time we committed to following a team here on Coastal Broadcasting in the playoffs? I know the answer to that. They won the state championship. Yes, sir. Thibodeau <laughs> High School. It wasn't one and done. <laughs> nope. Won the state. We followed them throughout. Yep. They, they ended won up the winning state the state championship oh, game. I think his uh, senator's office is calling me. Well, there we go. Uh, truck's busy working the lines. Brian's going to be with, busy working the lines tomorrow. No show. We're on the road to Ruston. Let's wrap things up. You've been listening to Play by Play. Have a wonderful rest of the day. God bless. You're listening to KLEB. 1600 AM and K274 DE 102.7 FM Golden Meadow.